Welcome back to the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny, the only NFL podcast where one of the hosts would never be arrested robbing a bank wearing a dog mask because he wouldn't have to wear the mask. That's Lenny. I'm Mina Kimes. That laugh you heard is a special guest called it a crossover episode. Dominique Foxworth is out spending time with his family. Womp womp. So today... If you, you, you listen to this podcast, you're going to already know his voice. That's Nate Tice, one of the co-hosts of The Athletic Football Show. Nate, welcome back. Thanks for having me. I, I The dog mask reference, like actually, I'm a part of that niche. There's probably like 90% of <laughs> okay. your audience is like, what yeah. are they talking we about there? We should probably there? explain but, that. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. I loved it. I loved it. It's a great pun. It tied in. It's great. That was so, a great lighting joke to start. I feel like I have to first start with a caveat. I do not condone bank robbery. This is not a pro-bank robbery space. However... <laughs> There was a brief moment yesterday where I was convinced that a man who goes... We, I feel like we got to use a little allegedly. Uh, okay, let me, I'm not even going to say his name. A prominent okay. Chiefs fan on Twitter there you go. There you go. was reportedly, allegedly, funding his trips to Chiefs games. who wears a wolf mask, a whole wolf yeah. costume, really, yeah. by robbing banks... And there was a photo of a guy wearing a wolf mask and a red hat robbing a bank that I was yep. led to believe was him. So it turns out it's not him. It wasn't. Separate but... wolf robbing banks. Mistaken however, identity. Mistake, however, <laughs> there is a lot of stuff floating around about the fan, which suggests that... Um, it's... Yeah. There's a lot. there. I saw some tweet that said some Chiefs fan, and I get it. Like You kind of become part of this community of football Twitter with your teams. But the fan was like, you think you know somebody. It's like, do you? Do you think you know a guy that wears the wolf mask to the games every game? You really think you know him? Is that is that your buddy? You know his like you know his whole family and everything as well. This guy, um, uh, great Seahawks follow on Twitter, Parker. I forget his last name. Shoot, Parker or something. Lewis. Um, something like that. Lewis. Yeah, L E W S. Yeah. I think. Um, so I did Sonic, uh, Sonic's avatar or Sonic's avatar. I, so on yeah. first take today, I you know did my Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. Always has been. You know, whatever. I mean, love it. Safe space. Uh, uh, certainly a safe space. Definitely place where safe we agree. space for that. <laughs> um, and he replied, "Well, like, yeah, one of his fans robbed a bank to see him. If that's not an MVP, I, and uh, you know what? Points were made. Like, there's a lot of statistics floating out around there justifying yeah. the case. We got to throw in one more, which is robberies." That's right. I know. That's the thing is the Eagles Stadium has a jail cell in it. Yes. So, but that you know, that's more like battery. You know, or 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 uh, yeah. um, you know, mm. vulgarities and stuff like that, as opposed to robbing a bank to go to see these games. So maybe there is a little bit of a difference there. But that's another, you know, what is it? EPA per arrest. You know, Mahomes, <laughs> win, Mahomes wins that one <laughs> as well. Oh boy, yes. <laughs> Expected prison time. Um, we'll, we'll workshop this throughout yeah, the we show. Yeah, we got to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot a lot to discuss there. Um, I will say. Wearing the, for the other guy, wearing the outfit of a prominent fan is the perfect crime because everybody's going right. to like pin it on you or the fan right. rather, if you like dress as a mascot. It's like, it's like if after a Raiders game and so, some guy in a gorilla suit gets arrested, yeah. you know, cause a gorilla gorilla, it's like, well, we can narrow this down. I mean, this is, yeah. this seems to be what's happening with the Cardinals front office and coaching staff right now. <laughs> a little mistaken That story <laughs> but, flew way under the radar. Oh my God. But I, I mean, there, to make of it. If there is going to be mistaken identity in the NFL, especially amongst staff members, it's going to be a ball guy with a goatee. So like if there's going to be one look that you can you can throw somebody else under the bus, that's going to be the look. But I know that's yeah. kind of 
I still think that might be one of the craziest stories that's no one is really, it, it kind of lasted for about an hour and then just yeah. kind of went away. Like, I know, so, but that, yeah, that's a crazy story. For the many people who missed that one, um, Cardinals assistant coach was let go after something yes. that happened in Mexico oh, and then has accused Cardinals of pinning something that their general manager, who's now on leave for health reasons, hopefully he's okay. Yes. Putting it on him. They do look astoundingly alike yeah so yeah. uh same build and everything it's okay like, right. a lot of allegedly needed at the top of this show uh there is yes. nothing alleged however about your presence on this podcast it's very good i'm very oh. excited to have you back it has been a while uh and i'm excited to have you filling in for dominique uh big shoes to fill um so okay so a little bit of uh housekeeping so far this season, for much of the season, we've been doing kind of like a Monday Night Football discussion, and then we do winners and woofs. So starting now, I am flipping it because the games are not great. And um, <laughs> and I think, but I actually still think these games are worth talking about because, and, I, and we did this last week with the Cardinals, it's a good opportunity to take, a stake, take stock of yeah. these teams, including like the Rams who are eliminated. So we are going to talk about the Rams and the Packers who are still in contention in the second half, but I thought we would start with our winners and our wuss. Um, and I'm gonna go first. I go right. winner, woof, woof, winner, Nate, so that it's... Um, winner, woof, woof, winner. Yeah, okay. just, you know. We like, bookend it with positivity. Start positive, end positive. Yeah. The, it's that like, stuff in the middle. Isn't, there, isn't that the kind of like the stuff in psychology that you only remember the beginning and the end of everything? So it's like, oh. perfect. You just, yeah, it's all there. It's all good. All good times and everything. It's like right how there. if you write a word and you have the first and last letter correct, people can usually guess right. what the word is. Right. Yeah. I like this. Or like, like a this. Subway sandwich where like the bread is fine, but like the stuff inside the meat is like not Subway the highest quality. Sandwich. <laughs> because then you're already getting the, the bread. bread. Well, that does make every sandwich like though. It. Like that's the, the bread. component. Everyone thinks it's yeah. the stuffing. No, it's always comes it's down bread. to the bread. It's, it's always point. the bread. Yes. Um, okay. Let's start. So let's two start with arrests, the bread. Two arrests, bread, uh, psychology talk. This is great. Great well, football podcast so far. <laughs> the Jaguars, who are my winner, yes. are truly the warm bread aroma of this season. And I want I wanted to talk about them in particular, Yuan, because you've been, I feel like, probably one of the most prominent voices supporting Trevor Lawrence since his rookie, since he was drafted. So yeah. Um, I thought it was a good opportunity to have you on talk about what you're seeing from him lately, because what we're seeing from him lately is awesome. I mean, all stuff. you have to do is look at the statistics. Um, you know, since the bye, he ranks near the top of the NFL in just about every category, no matter how you slice it. Um, one of the things that really has jumped out to me is just how quickly he's getting the ball out, yep. how much better they've been against man coverage. And that's not all him, by the way. Some of that has to do with the, with the play design and the play of his skill players, uh, which we can talk about. But this is a team that is now very much in contention to win the AFC South, coming off of a huge win against the Cowboys. Um, let's start here. Like, What do you think is the single biggest reason behind what we're seeing, what we've seen over the last, I don't know, five to six weeks from this team? Oh, man. Well, I think they just kind of honed in on what they are. Uh, I've had complaints about this roster construction and, and, you know, they improved at receiver, but they went from crap yeah. to average uh, as opposed to like to good or anything like that. But I think, I mean, there's got to be some props. And I'm going to gush about Trevor Lawrence in a second, but Doug Peterson really has just been fantastic, I think, and the whole offensive staff and 
And that Cowboys game was the epitome of it, um, yeah. not only because of the final result, but this is the whole thing, my discussion with Trevor and why my love for him, that sounds so weird just to say it like that, <laughs> but my, my, why I was a fan of him, this generational number one pick, oh my God, I really went out on a limb with a guy I like. Uh, for a while is, though, people were was. really questioning, I was questioning him, his rookie <laughs> season, despite the circumstances. The I had a, a little doubt, but I bought more stock as I, everyone else was selling it. It, it was... And that's the thing is that why uh, it's process instead of results. And the results are finally coming in for both Trevor and this team. But the process was always so good with Trevor. And that's why I was such a fan of his. It was that, man, for a guy that's generational, it's not only just the traits that he's 6'6 and twitchy and, and can drive on throws. He can kind of layer throws in and knows how to throw a touch. He can throw on the move. But then it was just the results weren't there. And yeah. last year it was easy to chalk it up Urban Meyer and – throwing to just, you know, insert receiver here. He's throwing Laquan Treadwell, uh, throwing goal balls to him. He's throwing to Tavon Austin in the back of the end zone. And I'm just like, he's going to be fine. But then, you know, it was there's a lot of good good to have here. But then also just with Doug Peterson's honed in with these receivers, the yeah. Zay Jones, the uh, Marvin Jones, Evan Ingram, you could see hints at it throughout the year. But this Cowboys game, as soon as Leighton Van Der Esch went out for the Cowboys, Whew. and Damon Clark, Damon Clark, 33, had to go in there. Oh my God. It was like they, uh, Stephen Ruiz. Yeah. Stephen Ruiz does the microscope. Yeah. With Kyle Shanahan. That's what Doug Peterson did to the, that, the, the Cowboys back seven. Backups. Yeah. Oh my God. It was just, you know, jet motions, split zone, all this stuff that it's eye candy and it influences those guys and makes them communicate. And he just, a lot of guys <laughs> I get, I'll get on offensive play cards from get away from the good stuff. Doug Pearson's like, no, what's whipped working. cream this? Yeah. Yeah, let's just, no, we're piling this Sunday so, with whipped cream. So, yeah, it, that's what I think has just been really honed in. Great play calling with Trevor being more confident. Yeah, it's funny because I, I started off wanting to talk about Trevor, and we will talk about it, but, like, yeah. this game was kind of more about Peterson for me. Yes. Um, and the winner is the Jaguars, so we're thinking holistically here. Because and we, we were texting about this because um, this was an early rewatch for me because we talked about the game on Monday on NFL Live. Okay, so... The Jaguars' run plays in this game were crazy. Yeah. Like, uh, there is so much crazy stuff happening on just about every single dressing. one of the. Like, I, I mean, to your point about confusing those linebackers, I, they were in hell. But yeah. I don't, I almost like don't, even if they were like the starters, I think it still would have been a problem because there was, I mean, just. Well, Anthony God. Barr was in hell. Like, uh, yes, like, he was yeah. really, he was struggling. Yeah, and LB he went was. out early, and I'm sure that would have helped. But, like, yeah. honestly, I, I can't even, it's not like, they're, they're, I mean, and, it's, and it was also, I think, about the Cowboys, who we're going to talk about a little bit more. Um, this is a, something replicable to attack them, which is give the linebackers a lot to look at and stretch yep. them horizontally in the run yes. game. I don't think a single end around or reverse in this game didn't go for at least 10 yards. Like yeah, it was more first down. Yeah, they were in hell. There was fake screens, fake guys in motion, fake counters, fake this. I mean, it was just chaos back it there. Was. And yeah, that's I mean, it's I think Peterson has kind of realized like he's got he doesn't ha it's not the best group of skill players in the NFL, but they're really athletic. And if yes. you can get the ball in their hands and get them into space this is an efficient offense. Yes. And I think you saw that on display in this game because the Cowboys had no answers for it. 
at all. And and they all played off one another. So he did split zone, which is zone and a tight end crosses the formation. Then he did a reverse off of split zone. Okay, end around. So same thing, tight ends going across the formation, but then they have the end around going across. And then they had the screen off of the split zone. <laughs> so it's with the, the ghost with the ghost yeah. motion and got, all that. Yeah. And that's the thing with uh, a great point about the athleticism with their guys. Like how he uses Evan Ingram is this is good coaching compared to bad coaching. Yes. Is, compared to his tenure in the Giants, Evan Ingram, is that, okay, the guy runs a 4-4 and change at tight end. Okay, let's run him vertical. Let's just have him go right. down stretch defense. Doug Pearson goes, no, let's have him go horizontal mm. and just run away from guys. And it works fantastic. This started it's, last it's, week when this was sort of the Evan Ingram breakout game. He yep. had him, I think, he, I mean, Lawrence must have targeted him at like – Oh my God, three or four them. times on crossers. It was it worked <laughs> yeah. every time. Like yeah. the thing about Evan Ingram, so he was drafted in the first round because of his athleticism. You remember yes. he, he was incredible at the combine. He is really good with the ball in his hands. Yes. The problem is getting the ball into his hands early in his career. Dicey. So what <laughs> Peterson has done is like he's really simplified his role yes. in the offense. And I, again, like to your point, this is it, it's about coaching, it's about play calling, it's about mismatches, but it's also about identifying what your players are actually good at. And that's it. Exactly. Like all these guys are flawed, uh, except for Trevor. He's perfect in every way, but it's, it's uh, the, the touchdown, the double move to Zay Jones, which was awesome. This is another great little snapshot of coaching scheme and understanding matchups. The NFL is all about matchups. It's, there's Mm. a lot of good players out there. It's going who, it's just like if you're playing Madden or something, who's my 92 overall against their 72 overall. Okay. Let's just pick at it the entire game until it pops. The, so that double move, you know, against the the number one, the corner for the Cowboys, uh, he he, he, was, he had a rough day. I know he had yeah, a rough day. Yeah. He's he's a number at this point right now. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's that's not going to be the last you see. No, it's going not. After him. It's yeah. not. And and so they do the double move on him. But so they have Chris Manhurts in the game, the tight end for the Jaguars. When Chris Manhurts is in the game. He is. They are going to run the ball. The Jaguars. Has there ever been a more aptly named tight end than Chris Manhurts? By the way, all right. Keep going. I know he wears eighty four, which doesn't really. Ah, he's got to wear like a little more gruff number. He's there I to think, block, you know. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah. Yes. He, that, no. This is the stat I got. Uh, so there's been seventy three tight ends that have played two hundred more snaps this year. He's seventy second of seventy three <laughs> tight ends and and the percentage of run to pass. I think they only run, they only pass the ball one third of his snaps that he's in on the, in the game. And it's usually because of shot plays like that, where he's blocking and setting the edge. But again, understanding personnel, I'm not going to have Chris Manhurts run vertical. I'm not going to have him run routes. No, but they know what I know. They know that we're going to run the ball with him in. So let's do a shot play off of it. And we've already shown corner, shown stop routes on the outside. So I was just playing off one another. And that's just good play design and play calling. Mm-hmm. And just also just, again, understanding personnel. So, it was an awesome Trevor throw. Like he's throwing it on the move, um, like off platform. His feet aren't sent. He's lining a 50 yard throw on the money, but on top of it, it was great design and great, just understanding of what's going on in the game. So, um, bit of negative news, uh, <laughs> is the, the Jags did lose their starting left tackle cam Robinson. Yes. I actually, and this is, I think maybe a reason for some hope for Walker Little, Walker Little, pardon me, whose replacement, uh, who was a second round draft pick, I believe, and has played so. some. I actually didn't notice when he came in watching. Right. Um, so I think that, you know, it, it's concerning. It's mitigated a little bit by the fact that, you know, Little does have experience and also by the fact that Trevor's superpower is avoiding sacks. This was yes, the yes. one bright spot of his rookie season. I think we talked about this. Like, the you know, he finished... 
bottom four or five, along with the, all the other rookies, in just about every metric except yeah. sacks. And yeah. and when you see that, like at six foot six, his short area movement ability is remarkable and it's it's honestly maybe his best trait as a quarterback and it's a very valuable trait as a quarterback because when you avoid negative plays you can keep you know drives on time um but it is it it's it's not a good thing to use your left tackle starting left tackle and of course it's not a good thing against the new york jets who uh do have a talent advantage unlike the cowboys there are not obvious mismatches to hunt on that defense it is going to be tougher sledding for Trevor than it was this past week. It absolutely is. <laughs> that's that's the thing is the the, the Jaguars O-line is fine. It's like very rep- replacement level to me, like just very average across the board. Sure, if of course they spent, spent big money on, but it's that's exactly it is. Trevor, this is again, talking about process and results. That's what I would watch Trevor last year, especially as a rookie season. I was like, this guy should be taking 60 sacks. And the fact that he was top five in sack rate or yeah. six or whatever it was. And then, but on top of it, his, his, I finally get to gush about him is that when in that process is that he always stayed on time. So there's a lot of things like when we're going to talk about the Monday night game, you watch a guy like Baker Mayfield bouncing around the pocket there. His feet are all out of the whack. Patting it it, throws late, like trying to gun it in there. So the ball sprays Trevor be bouncing around the pocket. And he had a couple of really good snaps in this game. And then the ball's out before, as the receiver's breaking on the route. And that's why I kept like why I was so optimistic about him. It's like if they get some talent around him, mm. this stuff is just going to burst. Like this stuff is going to look so good because he's doing all the right things. It's just it looks like crap right now. But anyways, yeah, going against the Jets. Jets defense is really freaking good. It's a legit top five so defense. Good at all three levels. Uh, I mean, is Quentin Williams playing? If Quentin Williams is playing, they well, might be he was really... questionable in this last one, so that makes yeah, me think calf. prob. Yeah. But it is Thursday, so that's um, what I mean. That yeah, is. Today. Huge. Do they hold him out of Sunday to play him Thursday? You know, that's I'm yeah. curious about that. Because that, that, I mean, they played well without him, but he is playing exceptional this year. Yeah. And, I mean, but they that's the thing with this Jets defense is that they, all three levels, they have dudes. They're a defensive line. They rotate a bunch of guys. They have two good corners. Sauce Gardner is fantastic. Uh, their safeties like Whitehead. It just comes downhill and, like, wants to clothesline every single guy that he comes across. And then, like, one of my, like, most improved players in the entire NFL. And Quincy Williams, the linebacker, yeah. Quinn's brother, has been – I mean, he's – talk about he's so He's so good. He's like a banshee. Yeah. Like, I mean, and he, he tries to spear everybody that comes across the middle. It's actually really fun to watch. Um, Jaguars cut him for some reason last year. So, I don't Ooh, know. Quincy yeah. Williams' it, revenge game. Hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. it is a Quincy Williams Adjust revenge your- game. They cut, him, they cut him and then proceeded to draft two linebackers and sign two linebackers. So, and then this, this guy is playing at a Pro Bowl well, level. So I think that's that self-scouting. brings us to where I want to wrap because first I'll say it's probably because the Cowboys or um, pardon me, because the Titans lost, not a must win for the Jacks this game. And then they do play at the Titans, you know, which is going to be really fun. Yeah. Um, the problem with this team is the defense uh, 32nd. In past DPOA. That actually shocked me. I didn't think they were that bad. And I think I it's probably gotten better. Yeah, I might. <laughs> it's, there's, there's like flashes from individual players on this team. Yeah. Um, obviously, Rayshon Jenkins had incredible game safety uh, against Dallas. Every now and then you see Walker or Key or, mm-hmm. you know, various it, players flash. But they're going to like for them to win into you know, like it looks like they might get into the playoffs it they're going to have to have shootouts i think for the most part oh yeah so, still a lot I, to build on that side it's a 
it's an entertaining team. Like that's yes. the thing is like they have a lot of yes. like you said with the defensive guys. You're talking about one guy standing out, yada yada. It's like that's exactly what it is. They're not put together at all, but it's that makes for entertaining playoff football when yes. it's you know 34, 31, and lots of oh, big right. plays on both sides of the ball. Like that's why. Even with Dak, you know, and the last interception and everything, Dak was torching him. Like, <laughs> Dak was on fire the whole game. It's just the same thing. Everyone remembers the end in the beginning. Yeah. So, or they're watching the Red Zone channel and they see the one, mm-hmm. the two interceptions that happened. They're like, oh, Dak, Dak sucked. And it's like, yes. no, Dak played great. And these, that's, that's going against that Jaguars really? defense. No, that's a great point. And, and hopefully, you know, Trevon Walker can be healthy as they, if they make this playoff run. Uh, the fact that he almost played last week is like freaky, and that's yeah. what he is. He is a freak. I think they're going to try and move him inside a little bit more, which I think is will be really be- beneficial for him. We'll see if they do. Um, I know they wanted to experiment with it a little bit, so mm-hmm. he's got to have his hand in the dirt, and that will unlock, make, give him a path. He's going to be a good player. Like it, it, you see the flashes with him. It's just he has no idea how to play football. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think narrowing what he's good at, I think, will really that help. That should him. help I, Allen too. Yeah. I think having yes. him. In, especially if they're next to each Just other, I could see that being pretty effective. All right, Nate, yep. who, yes. what's your woof? My woof is the Patriots, and why Patriots? Why? Why would you pick the Patriots? <laughs> what happened? Even outside of that last play, which has been memed, and I mean, yeah. it, there's a lot to break down on that play. It's funny and, if you're listening to this, you're, unless if you're not, if you don't know what happened, let me give you the gift of looking it up. Just look up Patriots game ending. Okay. That's all you need. That's all you need to see. Uh, there's been the Titanic music to it. There's been Benny Hill music to it. That, that's how you know it's it's entering the lexicon. Um, it actually jogged a memory from my brain. Uh, like, have I ever seen a play like that? When I was my dad was with the Raiders in 2015, they had a play like it um, at the end of the halftime, and it was a learning experience. It was, it was end of halftime. Um, they were fourth down. And Amari Cooper throws the ball back all the way to Derek Carr, like 30 yards. And then they start bouncing it around. And then Michael Crabtree gets the ball and just eats it. And he's like, let's get to halftime. No one remembers it. It was two bad teams going at it on Christmas. It was like a Thursday night Christmas game or something like that. 2015. Um, someone tweeted it. So I'll, I'll, oh, yeah, I'll you sent me you. that. Somebody was like, not Coop threw a pretty good ball. <laughs> he did. Amari Cooper did. Is, oh my God. Is, has a good arm. <laughs> he does. And Crab had a good arm, too. But anyways, <laughs> why the Patriots are disappointing to me or a woof to me is that this whole Patriot situational awareness seems to be kind of falling apart the last year or two. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if the, uh, I know Belichick is a game situational genius, but I had to hear for 20 years about how all the players and assistant coaches were, you know, he, they got it too because Belichick was so good at it. Didn't really show up. Uh, Jacoby Myers is a good player. Should get paid this offseason. He's a free agent, I believe. But that was just a, it was a boneheaded play, which is just not what you're expecting out of a Patriots team in a big kind of key situation. Um, but also, it's just this. Yeah, it kind of kind of kind of came unraveled. They had the block punt or the botch punt play, where three of the guys aren't even looking at the at the snap when they snap it. And there's been multiple multiple like, miss special teams yeah. miscues this season. Having said that, I do like one of their rookie, uh, Brendan Schooler, their rookie special teamer. He's, he's a stud. He's the guy that handed the ball to Belichick early in the year. Oh, uh, so that was a bull he's a, That is yeah, a deep pool. It's <laughs> from like week three. I know, back when uh, I had energy for the season. But I don't know. This Patriots team is just very like, this doesn't feel like a Patriots team. And then the offense is very hard. Um, they make it hard on Mac Jones. I actually feel for him. I feel How much for him crazy- too. I'm, How much praise he got last year, and then nobody like, looks more just, miserable playing football right now than maybe Tom Brady and Mac Jones. But Mac Jones <laughs> right. is number one, ironically, right? He's but like his, that dude and is Max in just hell. on his own. 
oh my yeah. god and he's just on his own and and everyone's like what happened it's like i i and they're asking me it's like well look like what's going on with the play calls a little bit because they just don't really make the system conducive to his skill set. Uh, Mac Jones was in, in at Alabama ran a RPO heavy offense from the gun that attacked over the intermediate parts of the field. They had great receivers. He's great at throwing guys on the move and, and overs and crossers and what it leading yeah. them. His superpower. We talked about Trevor's superpower in the pocket. Mac has good pocket presence, but he's accurate as hell, especially when his feet are set. And, they run a static vertical, like they run an offense for a guy like Drew Bledsoe, not mm-hmm. not, not Mac yeah. Jones, and that it just doesn't make sense to me. So yeah, they're my woof right now because I I just thought, you know, their offensive line is sloppy. They have botched protections. Mac Jones is trying to get everyone set every play, and then he's looking at the sidelines like, and it's like help a brother out. Like that's how I feel for the guy. So they're my woof. Um, I do like their defense. I do like their defensive players, but their offense is just a heavy, heavy woof right now. Guy Kyle Duggar, the Duggar not you coined that nickname. He's, Did you see dude, that was awesome. such a sick play he made? He's six. awesome. Um, yeah, honestly, one of my favorite players in the league. <laughs> the, de- the defense <laughs> is. is really fun to watch, right? And dude, um, Josh Uche, like, yes, the Jones, Marcus and Jack Jones, Judah. Now that, well, Wallace now that Barmore's well. back, the combination of Uche, Barmore, Godshaw, oh God. I always say his name wrong. Uh, I Okay, I'm glad you did that because I wrote his name and I've never said his name on a podcast because I don't know how to say it. So, gotcha. Anyways, he's good. He's good. Gotcha. Gotcha. He's good. Uh, well, and then, of course, Judon. Yeah, like it's they're very disruptive up front yep. right now. They have, you know, obviously the cornerbacks have surprised pleasantly and it's a good, really good safety group. Um, yeah, Tavai. Just... I mean, come on. Like, but like, yeah, it's just unwatchable on offense. But the but the your the initial point was just about the sloppiness of it. And like, yeah. my first reaction to the um, horrible lateral was, God, we can't even blame Patricia for that. And <laughs> it's true. Like, I you know we've all been trying over the last twenty four hours to like be like, well, it probably doesn't happen if not. You know, Matt Patricia, who deserves obviously a ton of blame for some of the stuff this season, but really, right. like, it, it is the players, of course. It's Bill Belichick. Like this is starts at the top. Special teams guy, right? Like it's supposed to be like the re- like the reason the pe- the Patriots have had that reputation for so long of yep. being good at situational football, not making the kind of dumb boneheaded mistakes other teams make, right. is because of the head coach. So to see them yep. do that is it's shocking. It's, um, it, it's like meeting yeah. your hero, and you never meet your hero, kind of thing. Like it's kind yeah. of like with Belichick, it's you're kind of see it unraveled. Like even the after that botch punt. The special teams coach looks at Belichick before he starts yelling. And I was just like, oh, God, like, this is what are you guys doing over there? And that's what happens. There's some brain drain. You know, a lot of people leave over the years. Yeah. And it's just, you know, and but that's the thing. Belichick wants all of that. He wants mm-hmm. his finger on every component of the game. But when it comes unraveled, it's like, well, shouldn't the blame go the same direction as the praise did all those years? So I don't know. That's where I'm at right now with it. Not taking away anything away from Bill Belichick's career and what he's done, but the last year and a half has been very like, oof, this is, this is rough right now. I mean, he hired his friend to be the offensive coordinator. The, right. He absolutely deserves all the smoke for that decision. Right. It was his choice. Right. And it was, you know, and had a offensive coordinator, like bachelor, uh, competition like right. giving roses to Joe Judge and Patricia throughout the season. Remember that every month they would like, come out like a new news, and it was like, "Oh yeah, so and so is leading the charge for the play calling." And it's like, "What are you guys doing? Like this isn't like high school." I think <laughs> we might be at the NFL. end of like questioning, like, "Oh, is this a Belichick mind game? Are we just too stupid yeah, to understand it?" I think that's no, over now. I think that's... I mean, which is not to he's the greatest coach in NFL history, but I'm just saying, I'm talking about the team right now. Okay, so my woof is. Um, 
something I, I want to talk to you about from a very specific angle. Jalen Hurts, sprained shoulder, uh, throwing shoulder, important, out for an indefinite period of time, probably not going to play Saturday, although there's quotes coming out today from Nick Sirianni. He's like, yeah, he's, you know, he's like Wolverine or something, you know. Shouldn't play, doesn't no. have to play. This is a team that um, is not only extremely, you know, stacked. If any team can win games without their quarterback, despite how good the quarterback is, it is this team. Um, but, yeah, and also, you know, built up a pretty commanding lead over the Vikings. They would have to lose out. The Vikings would have to win out for them to okay. lose the number one seed. After the Cowboys, they have uh, the Saints and the Giants. So okay. no reason to rush Jalen Hurts back into action. The reason I have them as a woof largely is because, and this is what I want to talk to you about, his injury concerns me because of his greatest strengths as a quarterback, yes. which are his rushing ability and then throwing deep. And yes. right now, the greatest strength is wrong. I should say the greatest difference maker, the, the things that yeah. make this offense so hard to stop right now. Yes, it, yes. It, they are very hard to stop because of what he, not just his rushing ability, but the impact it has on the entire offense, obviously. Right. And then go ball to AJ Brown, right? So I guess what I want to ask you is like hearing about that injury, do you have any concern that like there might be... I, I always hate doing this because, like, we're not doctors. We're not Twitter doctors. We're not, like, right. that one guy who... Yeah. Well, so I think we are. could be better than Twitter doctors. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they yeah, say everybody has Twitter a... Doctors, yeah. yeah Career-altering injury. Uh, sprained MCL. <laughs> when a player goes down, they'll be like, based on my angle, it's gone. He's getting amputated. <laughs> amputated. They, the Trevor Lawrence got hurt at the end of the halftime against the Lions. And I, I see two tweets that are going, like, that looks like an ACL. This looks really bad. I feel well, bad for the Jaguars. He came out at halftime. You got to you know, be either I, extreme or everything's you know, fine. Rub some dirt on it because that's most likely to get reshared. Analysis. <laughs> that's just sports, okay. sports so, analysts but, in general. You know, I guess my, my concern is just like, you know, I wonder, I worry, like if there is an injury, are they going to be more reluctant to put him in harm's way to use his body, especially in the types of runs they sometimes mm -hmm. go to with him? And could there be an impact on his ability or willingness to throw deep. So that's what I wanted to discuss with you. Yeah. Did they say it's the throwing shoulder? I, I actually didn't yes. see that. So he fell, okay. he got okay. driven down on the throwing okay. shoulder. Yeah. There was I, some I, I just saw back and forth shoulder. about this at first, but it, it is his right shoulder. Okay. Yeah. So that, that, yeah, that is concerning. Cause I originally, when I knew we were going to talk about this, um, I, with Hertz and, and just like, he's such a unique player, but he has improved so much. And the, one of the best weapons this year has been those Kiwi sneaks. And, Hertz this year has 94 designed rushes. The next highest Ooh. is Lamar with 72. Justin even... Fields has 64, and no one else has more than 50. So he is like quadrupling yeah. the league average for quarterbacks. And um, if we remember a few years ago, 2019 it would have been, Patrick Mahomes got hurt on a QB sneak. Remember he hurt his leg? And, and then we had a Chad his ankle, Henney. right? Yeah, uh, Chad Henney, a couple starts. And then also another thing I want to bring up too is when Cam Newton won his MVP – he had 132 carries that year, 132 rushes, I should say. And I didn't include the sacks and all the QB hits as well. Hertz has 156 already this year. Whew. These guys wear down, and it doesn't matter how big, how strong you are. I watched this Buffalo Bills offense, and I know some people have frustrations with Ken Dorsey. I actually think he's been doing a good job. Um, but it's they're I trying wish to – we could talk about that because I have so many – yeah, I, I, do, I, I do too. I have so yeah. many Bills takes. I know, I but so, – yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. But why 
there's been maybe some frustrations is Ken Dorsey's trying to limit how much they press the easy button, which is, hey, Josh Allen, go run the ball, yeah. which is, what, hey, Ostrich, go. Well, we'll let you out of the pen, go. It's breaking go case of it. emergency. QB draw, QB draw, yeah. QB draw. And I mean, watching the Dolphins game yeah, when they started yeah. struggling, they went right to it. Bam. It's like, but do it three yeah, times a game. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he has 41 design rushes this year. He had 57 last year. Yeah. That's about right amount. He has about, about the same. He has more scrambles this year, but that's a whole other story. But they're at least trying, they're trying to find different answers rather than let's have our franchise quarterback get hurt. <laughs> like, and I know everyone's like, well, running backs take 200 carries. Yeah. And then what happens to them? Like, and then these guys are not only rushing the ball and taking open, open field shots, getting hit in the pocket sucks. Like, you, you take some clean hits in the pocket. Those add up. So why I'm bringing all these up is, as Hertz was just, Hertz is so strong. They, they've shown him squatting 5,000 times now. Um, he's a very strong, sturdy player. It's just, it's the NFL. And that's why it's so hard to lean into the QB run game or the QBs go do something game or the sneaks and everything. Those hits add up. I've seen Hertz take some real shots, especially like in the red zone when he's trying to score. I mean, he he is no qualms with lowering his shoulder, but that's the thing. These are NFL defenders hitting him over and over. So that is a little concerning. I've seen this happen over and over. There's a lot of times I see this on Twitter. Why doesn't every team run QB sneak all the time? They don't want their franchise quarterback to get shattered. Because yeah. <laughs> those when, QB sneaks suck. You get in there, and you get hit from three different angles. And Hertz, is a, his superpower was that he's so good at them and how they really build the offense around them, those short yard situations. But... They, there is a a drop off, or there is a flip side to this. This is it's a it's a two way street when you do use this type of attack. So it kind of stinks because he's been playing so well, and I've really enjoyed it. I would, in the back of my mind, this whole season, I'm like, man, do we have to worry about him getting hurt because he's taking a lot of hits? Yeah. Well, and then it came up, <laughs> so it kind of came up naturally, anyways. But that's the danger of playing this way. Yeah, and I think just beyond like what it means for his career and going forward, like just. You know, yeah. when you're coming back with that injury, man, like, I, I don't know about the impact on throwing deep. I just threw that out because it is a very important yeah. part of his game. It's a very it important is. part of this offense. I don't know what that's going to look like. But I do know, like, if your shoulders hurt, you are, like, there's going to be some reluctance for them oh. to, like, I don't know, run power. Like, you, I separated my throwing shoulder my freshman year of college, and it still hurts to this day. I can't yeah. sleep on my right. I can't sleep on my right side. Like, so, I, I'm a backup quarterback in college. I'm not an NFL quarterback getting rehabbing every day, but they, it does, it does yeah. affect you. So, sit him as long. I'm holding this like little plant stick. I see. Well, I have my um, my whiteboard. Pen. No, I always hold things, something. <laughs> sit him as long as possible is my verdict. I genuinely I believe they can win one of those last two games, maybe even against Dallas. Based, I mean, what we were discussing with Dallas and some of their weaknesses on defense. I do yeah. actually think that they can exploit those with Minshew. Minshew is not anywhere close to Jalen Hurts. His arm is not what it is. Obviously, the mobility. Um, he is good at avoiding turnovers, which is probably the single most important thing he can do for yes. this team right now. Um, and I do think, like, you know, a play action heavy, put him on the move. Yes. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of under center. A lot, a lot of under center. center. Attack some of the I think that will be the biggest tweak. Yeah. All right. This is going long. Let's get to your winner. <laughs> every, the, we don't know. We're going to talk about the Rams and every, the for not that long. So Every pod I've ever been on, I, I always run long, so I'm sorry. Uh, you know what? Actually, uh, no. You know what? Let's take a pause. I'm going to cheat. We're going to take a break, yeah. come back, and then lead the last half of this podcast. It's not going to be really half. It's part of this podcast with your winner. Love it. 
With Caesar Sportsbook and Casino, every bet earns with Caesar's rewards. That means whether you win or lose, you're always earning towards perks like free stays at iconic Caesar's properties, game tickets, dining, and more. And if you haven't started yet, here's a reminder. Your first bet is on Caesars up to $1,250. Download the app with promo code OMAHAFULL and place your first bet. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you get it all back as a free bet. Must be 21 or older, offer valid, and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bet credit $1,250. Must be used within 14 days of receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. No when to stop before you start gambling problem arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP colorado wyoming kansas affiliated with kansas crossing casino call 1-800-522-4700 indiana call 1-800-9-WITH-IT iowa call 1-800-BETS-OFF louisiana call 1-877-770-STOP licensed through horseshoe bossier city and harris new orleans michigan call 1-800-270-7117 illinois maryland new jersey tennessee virginia west virginia pennsylvania affiliated with harris philadelphia if you or someone you know has a gambling problem crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537, or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK, or text HOPE-NEW-YORK, 467-369. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Show. M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. As you guys know, NFL teams can make mistakes when it comes to spending money. For example, cover years, Broncos fans. Russell Wilson has a $53 million cap hit this year. <laughs> but uh, unlike the uh, Walton family, I'm guessing people listening to this podcast don't have millions to spend. Maybe some of you do. I don't know. Get at me. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and they decided to do something better. They found their own way to make a beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. They have customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as $2, which is half of what you pay for big brands. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best does not mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash M-I-N-A. That's harrys.com slash Mina for a $3 trial set. Okay. If I was to be accused of... Being a fan of a team right now, I think it would be the team. I mean, other than Seattle, obviously, you know. <laughs> Although, if 
feel like I criticize them more than I would. Uh, it would be the team you're about to talk about because I am fully lions pilled. I love it. I and love watching this team. I do too. Uh, in professional wrestling, which you know I'm a fan of, uh, they have baby faces and they call them a true <laughs> baby face, like a old school Hulk Hogan. Even um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, when he was rolling, he was kind of a tweener, and then they made him babyface. This is a white meat babyface, is the Lions. And that is, they're very likable, and they're easy to cheer for, and they have the underdog factor. And then um, I think how this Lions team is playing, uh, yes, they are my, they're my winner, by the way. Uh, it's how they're playing right now, especially since their bye week, has yeah. been, I mean, a legitimately a top 10 team overall with a top five, top six offense that's just finding, the, not only just finding their way, adding layers to their offense, which has just been so fun to watch. Since I, I think one of the things and I love now that I have access to true media, it's so great for me, um, is because I can d- divvy it up this way, is it's really important to look at teams after their bye weeks, um, especially when it's in the middle mm. of the season. You see a lot of changes. You see self-scouting. You see opponent scouting. They realize, hey, this rookie's been playing a lot better. Let's give him more playing time. That's when you see a lot of playing time shift is after bye weeks. The good teams anyways do this. <laughs> and the Lions, since their bye week in week six, so since week seven, they're sixth in success rate on offense, fourth in pass success rate, seventh in EPA per play, second in EPA per drop back, only behind the Chiefs, eighth in team DVOA, Ooh. overall DVOA, 10th in offense DVA, 13th in defense, sixth in special teams, which is also very important. I think they've had three fake punts this year. They have at least two. They might have three. Um, they're a great situational team. They're third in red zone scoring this last week against the Jets, which was, that's the thing is like the Lions didn't score a bonanza of points. The Jets defense is good. It was a good offense versus a good defense. Yes. It It was King Kong versus Godzilla. Like it really was. It was awesome. It's one of my, I'm really excited to watch that game in all 22. That's, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning is not only my newborn son. It's watching Lions offense line versus Jets defense, uh, all 22, but you watch that game and third down designs in the first half, they were gaming up the Jets because they knew the Jets would be in man coverage a bunch. Yeah. So they ran all these man beaters and then the Jets went no more. And then the second half, they ran no man coverage uh, on third down. But the receivers, yes, until very important fourth down. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of our guy, Quincy Williams, they, uh, they gamed him up a little oh, bit. But Quincy. I know they're off, but their offensive line is a true strength of this team, no matter what metrics say. And they have really good, <laughs> they, they have good receivers and a good grouping of receivers with Jameson Williams healthy, but DJ Chark's a nice player. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown's uh, legitimately a star and, and like in very good in situations. And he's a great blocker, which is a very underrated thing about his game. Um, that's why I compare him to Robert Woods coming out now because he went to USC. Oh, he, he's so complete. He's just a complete a player. player. He yeah. is. He's just a complete player. But well, that's the thing. And his biggest knock is that he ran a 4-6. But guess what? They have this guy named Jameson Williams who runs like a 4-2-8. <laughs> what, and what a great – I mean, Williams is still getting going. There yeah. was one route where he ran in that game, though, where I was like, oh, my God, when they start putting this together. But the combination so of him and St. Brown is like – it's They're amazing. not the two best wide receivers in the NFL, but those skill sets yes. are so complementary and, and so good for attacking different kinds of defenses. Yes. And then they have DJ Chark, who's like a true X. And yeah. it's that he can run a vertical route tree on top of it. Vertical. This is the, the talking on both sides of my mouth. There's vertical route tree and then there's speed. 
Jameson Williams is a speed intermediate. He can take the top off, but then DJ Chark can get lined up on his own as an X one-on-one mm. and run stops and glances and be a nice big target for, for Jared Goff. They, they sacrificed Chark to Sauce Gardner in this game. They like did. Every, this is, this is going to be the thing. Every run game, somebody's right. going to get sacrificed to him. But the But the fact that they have the depth at wide receiver yes. to do that. Yes. Because I, I think St. Brown is probably the most valuable player on this offense. But yeah, they were very deliberate about moving. You know, he was in the slot a lot. Moving him around, getting the matchups with him that they want. They wanted him on the, the worst. Yes. I mean, my card is actually good, who's their slot corner. But that's the corner you want. Yep. You know, you want to match him up on the linebackers in the corner and safety. And they, they Ben Johnson, who's their offensive coordinator, just has so many... Um, pieces and you know yes. options at his disposal and it really shows but like let's be honest they they won that game because their defense um <laughs> has showed up yes. i thought the jets would be able to run on them because even too. amidst the lions defensive turnaround which you highlighted you know it's, they've got we've talked about this a little bit they they were the worst defense in the nfl at the beginning of the season and now they, they're playing above average which yep. is incredible frankly given where they when were you have a top five offense that's great that's all it takes <laughs> they have still struggled to stop the run and i think the jets have a nice run game i like zonovan knight they way more stonewalled him in yeah. this game. Yeah. Uh, I, and I was speaking about Lynn McNeil earlier, but it was really the whole defensive line. Like Aiden Hutchinson, um, you know, I, I, however you feel about you know him and Thibodeau and Walker and how you would arrange yeah. those guys, that dude has showed up in run defense, man. Like I, I, I was watching all of Knight's runs yesterday, and... I was so impressed by Hutchinson's. I mean, it's the stuff we saw talked about before the draft, like his motor, his yep. he never gives up on a play, but also his place. Like he was shedding blocks and bringing Knight back down. Yep. Like I was really impressed. Um, that it just is such. There's so many like ascendant players on this yeah. defense. They're not like quite there yet, but they are getting there. That's a good way to put it. Ascending players, and I like. They they put them in good spots, just like how their offense does. It's a well coached team. Like they, we you and I were texting. They tackle really well. That comes out yeah. of coaching and want to. Like that's putting a guy. Kuda Kuda's Kuda. a good tackler. Oh my god, I know. And I I thought he was fine coming out of Ohio State as a tackler. He's like good. Like it, yeah, I know. It's it's like Antoine Winfield, but tall. They the they, but all their DBs are such good tacklers, and they're in good spots. They don't. The first half of the year, they're busting all the time, and that's why yeah. they're so bad. Like. Guys are just running free on them. And this kind of the second half of the year, they've just honed in. That's what against the Vikings, especially Vikings couldn't get anything on the ground against the Lions, and they were just yeah. teeing off on their guys. Safeties were triggering right away on runs, which speaks to me that they are like they're honed in on the game plan. Um, also in that Vikings game, I know they played the Jets, but the the Lions against this Vikings offense, they Justin Jefferson end up getting his stats at the end of the game. But how they game planned him out of the game, running double coverage on him, running every time it's first Inside or second down. Him, yeah. Yep. Cover two on him. They had Justin Jefferson was in the backfield and they in the red zone. So they're like, oh, and the Vikings, I could tell, we're like, here we go. We got him one on one against the linebacker. The, what the Lions checked into was we're going to drop our defensive end and collision Justin Jefferson on his route. And Kirk Cousins short circuited. And it's like, but that speaks to me again about game planning and knowing, and these guys know what to do in every situation. And on top of it, they have a hard knock star, Malcolm Rodriguez. Like, oh, which he's is so good. The fin- it, finally a hard knock player that's actually like good. <laughs> I mentioned to- this uh, vis a vis uh, when I was talking about how to defend Stefan Diggs and the Bills. I, 
I feel like every time you play the Bills, step one is Stephon Diggs, yes. you know, and, and force him to be with the other guys. And I mentioned that the Lions arguably had the best game plan for Stephon Diggs we saw all season. They do. Uh, and, and the guys they had on him were, you know, it's Jerry Jacobs. I mean, it's just Insert like... Insert name here, yeah. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the DBs are playing so much better yeah. now. Uh, you know, Kirby Joseph had a little bit of a rough one against... I mean, they, he was responsible for, I think, some of the crazy the broken plays that yeah. Zach Lemo was just kind of... But, uh, but that was just chaos ball. Like that's it like, was chaos. That's like yeah. playing, going to the craps table when you're. That was really the Jets' offense was just chaos ball against yeah. them. But um, yeah, I just if I look if this team they still have need some help to get into playoffs. Obviously, they have to win out. But I'm tough fan. out. I'm, tough yes. out. Another fun team. Like you want fun teams yeah. in the playoffs. You you don't want Agreed. the Steelers. You know, from la- from last year. No offense, Steelers, but the, the with, 2021 with, Steelers. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Not prime, awesome Steelers. No, uh, last year's <laughs> version of Steelers with Big Ben tripping over himself. Like you didn't want that in the playoffs. You want these that teams that can. You want the teams that are able to put up 30 points. Like that's that's what makes fun playoff ball. And the Lions are a fun team. They're they're the baby face of the NFL, at least to me. <laughs> Do you want to know the terrifying truth, or watch me hit some dingers? All right, um... <laughs> dingers. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So my notes, so usually on Monday night, I take like pretty copious notes. Uh, I have about... You text me that you're taking notes and I was like, oh, shoot. Uh, Oh my God, no. So ultimately I ended with like less than 300 words on this game okay. in my little Tell notes i, I usually yeah dude the colts are back on monday night last next week how, how many night games do they have i have 178 words on on, on my notes for this game. um there's not much to talk about the only thing that i think is really uh that i would the only relevant football material point coming out of that game i think for for this season anyways um as the packers remain in contention is that with Watson and Dobbs on the field, the offense is Look, once again functional. Yes. It is a there, you know, Rogers. I mean, you know, he had some a little some off target throws, <laughs> humorous interception. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, the, the offense is fine. The problem with yeah. the Packers remains their defense. So uh, let's talk about the Packers first, and then the Rams because the Packers are still 
in the hunt. Unbelievable. Or what, do, what do you call it? The ESPN put a graphic they, that they said... They keep changing um, it every week. They're like... Call me maybe is the word, right yeah. phrase they used. I don't know about Referencing that. Referencing 2012 songs. Yeah, that's... Not quite. Not quite. <laughs> I like a, a 10-year delay. In the hunt. Lurking. <laughs> Lurking's a good one. Loitering. Uh, menacingly staring St- at the playoffs. I was, was going to say staring at the dance floor. Like that. That might be yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the Packers right now. They're They're on the edge of the dance floor. They're drinking their punch. They are. Trying to make eye contact with the playoffs. Um, <laughs> but the problem is, this is the, we'll talk about this game tomorrow, or Thursday's pod, rather, but um, the defense just stinks. And the defense, I mean... <laughs> the Rams dude, were running this, on them. <laughs> the Rams were running on them. That's all you need to know. I mean, I Miami is coming. Soft zone coverage against Miami. With no press. Although, the, wouldn't it be incredible if Joe Barry just completely changes everything they do on defense for this game and just goes full, it, yeah, full heel turn? Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's exactly. So I think it. I think that'll be it for Green Bay. I think that they're going to lose to Dolphins. That said, um, head, looking ahead to next year, increasingly, I think Aaron Rodgers is probably just going to come back. I think so too. Um, because largely because it's, like we said, the offense is fine. Like it's yep. it's. It's fine, but what I want to ask you is, like, how do you fix this defense? Because, uh, you know, they're probably going to move on from Joe Barry. Like, is that going to be enough? Because I have, and I've owned up to this, dramatically overestimated this unit for the season. You know, beginning of the season, I was like, there's too much talent. But, like, even with a coaching change, do you think that they can improve? Because this is a very, very bad defense. Yeah, I, I do think they have nice pieces. Um, they need help up front. I think they need more. They have a lot of gap shooters. And, yeah. and when you have a lot of gap shooters, the Cowboys run into this a lot as well. Um, you guess wrong sometimes, or you have two guys in the wrong spot, and an offense can just get eight yards before they get contacted the first time because they don't have a linebacker cleaning up. Quay Walker's improved. Um, he's such he was a good, good last ad. night. He was really good Rams, last night. Yeah. He he's shown flashes. It's a rookie. That's the thing is we've I think in the last couple of years we've gotten really spoiled with some rookie standouts. It's like being a rookie in the NFL is really hard. <laughs> and I think when you see a Especially guy like Walker, yes, uh, going against what offenses do to linebackers these days, as opposed to just running lead ISO at them every play <laughs> and then getting them going side to side. But I do think I do think they need a schematic change. Uh, they got to change it up a little bit somehow. I know they blitz a little bit more this year than they did last year, uh, but there's just too much where. I go back to the Giants game in London and they're running, they're getting where they had to match with base personnel uh, because what the Giants were doing with Saquon and pony personnel and the Giants were just gaming them up and the Packers were like, okay, let's just keep running five man pressure and running man coverage every play. And so the Giants were like, okay, this is really easy. There's no, there's no variability. There's no variance with this defense and there's no like little change up or knuckleball they throw at you. I think this is a very easy defense to game plan against. If I go, mm. if I do this formation, they do this. If I do this formation, they do this. If I'm in this personnel, they do this. And I think that's that's what's hurting them. They don't have enough true dudes, especially up front. They have some nice players. Kenny Clark's a nice player. They have some guys, but it's just yeah. they don't have that true like they don't have Aaron Donald to clean things up, you know, or make that. Yeah, they don't, they don't force a lot of negative plays for the opposing team's offense, and think- that that adds up. The whole defense at every level lacks physicality. Like, the, yes. but the spine in the defense has really, I think, been the problem for them this season. 
big time regression for both safeties. Like Adrian Amos has been, was like perpetually underrated for most of his career, know, but unfortunately he's hit a wall. Yeah. Savage has hit a Savage wall. Didn't. I mean, you know, when he, when he doesn't play, but like, um, you know, there's just major issues with tackling again yep. at all three levels. Yep. Um, you talked about how they have gap shooters up front. There's just like, they just need like stoutness. That's um, what they need. And they, but they've not drafted for a stout, you know, they've, you they know, you get wide. speed, and they look like they yes. emphasize speed. That's yes, that's kind exactly. of how it works. Yeah. There, so to your point, I just think that the, there's it, it is both a scheme thing and a talent thing. Yeah. Um, because even if they bring in a new defensive coordinator, coordinator, they need more heft at all of those positions. Um, you know, coupled it's, with like some regression from you know Campbell and Douglas and the guys that we kind of worried you might see some from. Uh, you do get Gary back, so hopefully that yes. that I mean that will help. That's a bit that was a huge loss, huge loss in both run defense too, and you know, um, rushing the passer. Well, that's but, that's the thing is the, yeah. these defenses that want to live in too high and do that they they a lot of them were built for old style defenses, more Seahawks yeah. style defenses, and and or the Legion of Booms era where it was like, hey, we're gonna get a lot of speed and a lot of gap shooters, and then we'll have we'll load it up with more bodies. But now you have light boxes with a bunch of guys that are shooting gaps as opposed to holding gaps and playing gap and a half or two gapping, and that it just doesn't. It's just a mix of it's just a square peg round hole. Um, I think they back up the Brinks truck to Jim Leonard in Madison. And I've been they, hearing that from Packers there's little, fans. There's some rumors, and as I have a Wisconsin helmet behind me. Uh, he's a hell of a coach. I think he's phenomenal. Uh, so I, I think that would be great. But they still, like you said, where they need stoutness. I do, I will say, I do, their offense and their offensive line, now that they're not doing the... Fine, fine. Not, now that they're not doing the will they, won't they, you know, the Lorelai, Luke kind of oh. thing. <laughs> uh, with Bakhtiari. And yeah. now that guys don't have to worry about what spot they're playing every week. Yeah. I, they're coming to their own. They, I, they Yosh, look Nishman, like- Yosh Nieman, like... He's gonna be an RFA after this year. Like, oh, interesting. Tom's mm, fine. Uh, Tom's um, fine. Or I mean, middle round rookie playing left tackle and holding his own. But I mean, Neiman is—he's a—he get RFA tendered this year. It's like somebody should throw some money at him because <laughs> he could be both side tackle for somebody. One second, my power's not working. One second, it's about okay. to die. Well, this that brings us back to kind of what's funny for next year, which is like if Rogers comes back and we both think he will, yeah. they don't need a wide receiver. Like that's not the need on this team, right. really. I mean, it's gonna funny, they're huh? get, they yeah. need more tight end than anything, I guess. Like I, um, I mentioned this to um, our friend Justice Mosqueda um, yeah. on his podcast. I threw out like I don't they're probably picking I don't know somewhere in the middle of the draft or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I threw out Mike 18. Mayer. I mean, that would be amazing for them. Wouldn't that be a great fit? I know. That'd be perfect. Or, Tight you know, end, yeah. Or, or they just, you know, if Mercedes Lewis finally retires, they just get his one-for-one one replacement. And, uh, it, it, I know. I, I love Mercedes. I'm glad he has the second half of his career that's been awesome. Just like the Correct. most dominant blocking tight end in the NFL. But they get Washington from Georgia. 
like if oh. they want Packers love to trade back. Yeah. So maybe yeah, they trade back be, and take him in the late twenties. Like that that'd be a yeah. one for one replacement there. Just get a young I, Mercedes <laughs> Lewis. I think if they could, yeah, improve somewhere on the spine of that defense yep. as we've discussed, and then I, w- I would love to see a tight end because I, I do think that think so they've too. got something special in Christian Watson. I I really I, and Dobbs, that combination is really nice. Both of them have been really Dobbs coming back from that injury, like he looks so much more polished. It looks like the so, game yes. it, it's like he it's like he took a break. It's like he took a vacation he mentally. Looked, he, he looked good. Catching some of those slants, he looked like young Randall he, Cobb. He out, he was out reaching for throws, which is like good hands. Good yeah. hands. That's huge. And I don't it was, right because he had the drops in the beginning. Yes, of the and same. Season, and that's Watson's yeah. mo. And now Watson is just becoming so much more comfortable running all these other routes, even though yes. he didn't he didn't get the Rogers signal. I guess right. Rogers at the end was. I don't know if you knew my fantasy score against Brian Greenleaf in our fantasy league, uh, but I, it was a, a Watson a Rogers Watson touchdown. I was up nine. Would have put a oh. dagger in me. That, and so when he missed the signal, I was like, I saw him signal it. I was like, don't you dare. You're up to <laughs> score. Don't you dare throw a bubble to him for a touchdown. And he missed it. I was like, okay, the good. <laughs> okay, are, good. We, are we going to meet? So I had a buy. Me and Danny Kelly had buys. I have Danny. Too. I, I play okay. against Danny. Yeah, because I'm the lower seed. I'm seed four, even though I have oh, most points. I know. I, I'd prefer to play you. <laughs> I know because I have Tyler Lockett, who will not be. I love how there's ten starters, and you're like, "Oh, I lost Tyler Lockett. I lost Cooper Cup." Oh, stop it! All right, no one wants. Literally, no one. Nobody wants, to wants do this. this. Nobody wants this okay, at all. Okay, let's quickly wrap with the Rams. It's hard okay. to talk about the Rams because nobody knows who the hell's playing on this team next year. Uh, I did see or coaching them. <laughs> that Matthew Stafford or coach that Matthew Stafford was on his wife's podcast and said he was coming back. She it has seems a like. Yeah, Kelly Stafford has a podcast. Seems like the one place where you can't lie. So, who um, right. stands? It's I, on I the hope, record. Hope that means that Matthew Stafford is actually coming back. However, uh, Aaron Donald is a question mark. That's a big yeah. one. He was last so, year. It's so okay. Let's just let me just ask, like let's just do two big questions on the Rams. Okay. Let's say Stafford comes back and Donald comes back. How good is this team next year? I mean, right now, we are watching the guys that I watched in the preseason, guys who I didn't think were going to make the football team. Not or even like, you know, I was like, are they going to get a practice squad? Like, we're, it is truly, they are dipping way down uh, into their roster. Lots of snaps, lots of injuries, offensive lines down to their backup backups. Yes. That, to me, is the single biggest issue yes. with this team going forward. I agree. Uh, offensive line and defensive aggression. Is my my other thing. I don't know where Raheem uh, uh, wants to do all this soft coverage, and it just kind of like doesn't add up for me. And then you could even see it last night against the Packers. There's like second and ones where no DBs like on the screen, and it's like what 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 is this defense? And I don't know. Sorry, that's that's another thing. But I, I would say yeah, offensive line. Him, they and, have... him and Joe Barry were kind of like the Spider Man pointing though. Yes. Oh my god, that touchdown was it? God. Uh, who? Which oh, one? the uh, Higby touchdown. I think was the. Or is that the one I'm thinking of? There was one where I was like, "Oh my god, what are There's they no doing?" Like they were yes. like eight yards off. Anyway, I know. Sorry. No, no, you're good. It, but I mean, just even like okay, so it was also just it's just funny watching, and I know people want to sound smart with this one to say like sacks are a quarterback stat, and it's like yeah, no, shit, they're the quarterback. Uh, it, but also like watching Baker back there, and it's like doesn't matter what scheme you get in. There's those happy feet thrown spraying the ball. Um, but like also why I'm saying that is watching Baker try and corral like 15 different bad snaps and going like, wow, this team doesn't even have backup depth for their center. Like that can even snap the ball. And so it's yeah. not even just the starters. It's just depth, which is 
you know, it's a stars and scrubs team. So it makes sense, but it's, I mean, when you have a porous O-line like that, like truly porous, it's, that is what it's hard to win. <laughs> it's hard oh, to it was win. All, before Stafford got hurt. Yeah. It was you, you, have no easy, you have no easy buttons. Like you, so you can't run the ball yeah. for four or five yards and make it easier, easy on yourself on third down. Um, you, you have to resort to quick game. You can't drop back and get explosive plays down the field because your offensive line can't hold up. That's what their superpower was last year. They would get into empty and Stafford was ripping 20 yard throws down the field. And on top of it, so that's just offensive line receiver wise. They're stuck with Allen Robinson. They can't get out of that contract. You know, they, they still have the same issues. They still have the same issues they faced last year, where it's just no speed at receiver and the offensive line is holy, holy in a bad way, not holy in the religious way. So the offensive line, I, I was just pulling up their free agents. Um, it is Bobby Evans, the free agent. It was a draft pick a few years ago. It was a pretty early pick. But for the most part, it's going to be the same offensive line you saw at the very beginning of the season. Yeah. Uh, so I, the hope, like, actually, David Edwards is also, who's a guard, is also a free agent. And, yeah, so that'll be, ooh, Greg Gaines is a free agent. Sneaky bit one for them. So, anyways, they're, um, I think the optimistic case for this team is that Joe Noteboom comes back and he has played yep. at a high level in the past. I think he is better than what we saw before he got injured this year, and having him back will help. I agree. Yeah. And, um, and that, that they can sort of shore up the interior. That would be to me. And then, of course, beyond, you know, Stafford and Donald coming back. But, right. It's, tr- it's tough. They, they basically it's they tough. have to hit on every draft and, like, you know, get the. Yes. The margin of error they, is very small with this team. They legit need two start legit starters out of this draft. Like, and I, I know that sounds like, oh, that's not that hard. But I mean, legit starters, yeah. not like we're playing this guy just because he's a third round pick. <laughs> like, guys actually can be long term starters. They need at least two from this draft, which is hard for any draft well, class. Well, and then they also need um, Logan Bruss, your guy, Badger. Yeah. Who was Badger. their second rounder pick, second rounder last year and got hurt during the preseason. I think he, he needs to be a starter and like be competent. Next year, for they team. have a few. They have three. They have three Wisconsin offensive linemen because they yeah. got Edwards and they got Havenstein. <laughs> so they got Rob was one of my buddies at Wisconsin too. He's had he's had a tough year too. <laughs> I think he's battled some stuff, uh, battled some injury yeah. stuff. But man, it's no. But that's the thing. I feel how I feel about this team is how I felt about them going into this year. But now I actually. It's more one of those where I was glass half full about it. I'm like, hey, McVeigh will dial it up. McVeigh will figure it out. And then now watching the first half of this year, I was like, oh, never mind. Okay, this is a little rougher than I realized. So yeah. I'm a little more glass half empty about how I felt about him it last year. It really is like you put McVeigh in like the most difficult. Like you, it, It's like calling it off the level of difficulty turned up to the, all the way to the max. Yep. Entire offensive line wiped out. Yep. You lose Cooper Cup. You lose a court, and it turns out like players do matter, guys. Players matter. <laughs> they, they, All right. I, I had some real quick. I had someone ask me this. They it was Devontae Adams because the Raiders face the most cloud coverage, cover two and cover six, mm-hmm. than anybody on first and second down. And someone goes, "So what does this mean?" I and I put a one line. I said, uh, "Jimmy, you know, it's Jimmy's and Joes instead of X's and O's. It's like Jimmy opens up the X's and O's to make it easier for Joe." And that's that's what players do. Good players make it life so much easier for everybody else. Well, you have made my life easier by doing oh. this podcast. Guys, check out Nate's podcast. How many days a week are you on? I'm on two two days. Sun, two Sunday days. show and Thursday show. Yeah. Those are the most important. important <laughs> Appreciate it. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts, The Athletic. Nate, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah.
Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.